Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. I'm Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Captain Janeway of the USS Voyager. Welcome to the greatest generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm, I'm like semi-self-conscious because I know that, that we have a lot of new listeners. We've been watching the numbers tick up a little bit and uh, I'm like, should we should we do more showmanship so that they'll like think that this is a professional operation and stick around? But that's never been what's worked for us. There has been a fair amount of conversation behind the pod about what it means. Like, this is not just a gradual uptick in listenership. There has been kind of a spike, and we don't yeah. know where it came from. And yeah. I personally see it as a threat. <laughs> just because that's my baseline. You interpret all news as bad news because of, well, just look around. Yeah. How could it not be? Where did these people come from? Why are they here? And when are they leaving? <laughs> Those are the three questions that are top of mind for me. So maybe my uh, f- my phony showmanship will scare them away. They'll be like, "What is this bullshit? I'm out." I personally like a little bit of showmanship out of you. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Aww. Sounds good on you. It looks good on you. Oh, thanks, bud. For me and everyone else watching at home. But what looks good in me, Adam? Would you say it's <laughs> Talaxian champagne? <laughs> <laughs> what looks good in me is uh, is kind of a seductive question. Yeah, and that's a tab I have open on my browser. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's there's like uh, you know there are those websites you can go to to see what what glasses look like on a shape of face. Oh yeah, there's yeah. got to be a sex toy website that's like what looks good in me, and it's like <laughs> differently shaped toys, and then a pic like a fully rendered picture of your mm-hmm. butt shape like there's yeah. there's definitely a triangle you use butt. the lidar on your iphone to give them a, a bitmap of what your b-hole looks like circular butt square butt <laughs> what all the all the shapes yeah of i've got an apple bottom will this butt plug be flattering <laughs> yeah infinite butts and infinite combinations mm, big. so at the uh, end of the last episode the game of yeah. buttholes made this a Talaxian champagne episode, and you know what that means. You and I are taking entire bottles to the dome this episode. And you're going to actually do it, right? Unlike the uh, Coco Nono that we had recently. Oh, Ben, I've like- got a surprise for you. <laughs> oh! Got, I got my got my workout done before. Yeah? That, that's been done. I, <laughs> I do also have a bottle so of champagne. So the surprise is just you're going to do it? <laughs> I've got this bottle of champagne here on ice. What kind of champagne are you drinking? I am a uh, a big fan of the Las Harris family of wines out of uh, uh-huh. out of California. So I've got one of their uh, sparkling wines here out of Redwood Valley. Oh yeah, those are nice. Yeah, I had some of. Uh, I think I had their Verdejo recently. Do they have a Verdejo. And the surprise for you is that this will also be a Coco Nono episode because I will be enjoying <laughs> my sparkling wine out of a coconut. <laughs> Yeah, you always drink alone. I love it! Drink! It's the antidote! Warriors drink. <laughs> I'm sorry if I've ended our friendship. <laughs> Wait a second. That's a loophole. <laughs> I win. Look at me, Ben. No. <laughs> Look at me. I win. 
This right. is both a Coco Nono episode, play the fucking drop, and a Talaxian Champagne episode. I almost forgot. Another Coco Nono? Incredible. Incredible. Coco Nono? It's a hell of a combination. Drink will be gone. I think I've had enough already. This is gonna help me? The antidote. Another Coco Nono? Bullshit. Bullshit. Incredible. Another Coco Nono? Coco Nono? Coco Nono? More isn't better. Cardetti, Bill Tilly, make a poll on Twitter. Does this count or does Adam still owe everybody a Coco no-no? I want to know what the consensus is here. Did I step on what your sparkling wine was? What is it? This is a Chateau Montmore, mm-hmm. uh, North Coast Brett. So I couldn't find much out about this wine uh, I got it as like a gift over uh, over the holidays, and it's been sitting in my in my fridge undrunk. Oh, you can't have that. And then when I went to look it up, like the only way you can buy this as part is as part of like a corporate gift giving. Mm. Like like all of the websites that carry it are like sendacorporategift.com or similar. <laughs> With gratitude from the Raytheon Company to <laughs> Benjamin yeah. R. Harrison. They've uh, they've always appreciated the the subtle uh, stuff that I pepper into the show to encourage um, hawkishness among right. our listeners. Yeah. Um, so I don't actually know if this is like a real bottle of wine that you, or if it's like a white label with like a fake name on it or, wow. or what. Well, you're about to find out after it's been taken to the dome. Yeah. Hey Ben, let's do a let's do the first one out of the bottle. Oh, okay. I'm into Cheers that. Cheers to you. L'chaim. Oh, hard to drink out of the bottle. All right. That is uh, not quite cold enough. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I put it in uh, I put it in the fridge like an hour ago. It's a yeah. good thing I got this ice bucket. I reminded you of our champagne episode about 15 minutes before we recorded an episode of The Greatest Discovery just now. So that didn't really have time. Perfect timing. It's all I needed. If you put a little water in that ice bucket, it'll cool off faster. Oh, I should do that. I, I record right next to a bathroom. You know that. You've been to the studio. Yeah. Maybe I, I'll do that. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little water in there. Do that thing. Now that Adam has stepped away, we can talk about how it's total fucking bullshit that he's trying to get away with not doing the Coco No-No because of the coconut thing, It's just right? going to make a bigger mess when I eventually spill it. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Yeah, everything okay? Am I interrupting anything? You don't want to spill that all over your computer. Yeah. You know what I actually do? I want to put this thing out of its misery. It's been, uh, <laughs> it has been a big bummer. Yeah. Uh, you know what's great is having uh, having wetness around your desk and nothing to clean it up. Mm. A, a wooden desk, even. You live in a house with a puppy in it. That's I, just bad planning by you. Yeah. <laughs> you should have rags everywhere, man. You really should. I mean, they're all... They're all Occupied with the puppy. What happened? Yeah, puppy with an extremely leaky pussy. Yeah, broken dog pussy. Might be on the mend. Yeah. That medicine seemed to be working? Yeah, uh, both, Hell for, yeah. both for her and for me. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great news. Right? It is. Finally, some good news. <laughs> Adam, do you want to get into today's episode... I think we chose the perfect episode to drink an entire bottle of champagne to. I think we did too. I mean, we didn't choose. The game of buttholes, the will of the caretaker. It was the will of the caretaker what chose it. I trust the caretaker implicitly. Yeah. 
He seems like a pretty cool guy. It's Star Trek Voyager Season 3, Episode 22, Real Life. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes, I'm not turning around. It's so interesting when you see what the 90s thought the future was going to be like, because what the 90s thought the future was going to be like is what looks like the 90s to us now. You know, like if if you stayed in this house as an Airbnb, you'd walk in and be like, oh, 90s alert. <laughs> it's really weird how off-putting it is, even before we're introduced to the characters. It kind of looks like it's a real house, right? I am no stranger to a dramatic fireplace situation. Yeah. This is a very dramatic fireplace. You're... you're fireplace is a drama queen that we have no choice but to stand indeed you know um i think my uh my sparkling wine had a reaction to the inside of the coconut it got <laughs> extremely foamy <laughs> but it tastes good in a coconut oh good i'm glad <laughs> so uh we get the uh the ideal family the extremely white ideal family presenting themselves by the door for Doc Schmollis as he gets ready to head off to work. This is a blonde June Cleaver type mom and Belle and Jeffrey, the kids. Jeffrey, a uh, a teen who seems really clean cut uh, and Belle like a uh, like a maybe 11 or 12 year old girl. Everybody very enthusiastic, very uh very complimentary of Papa as he walks out the door. I mean, this is like uh, this is like the Nexus family. <laughs> I got <laughs> Nexus vibes from these kids right away. It was like being inside joy. I expected uh, Belle to to thank the doctor for the dolly at at some point. <laughs> yeah, very lukewarm at best. Open, I would say, because <laughs> that's what we get. You made a mention about, like, the family being very white. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how would it have felt if it weren't? I mean, I like, I think that the reason that they chose this is because TV has this, has, is, like, couched in this very 50s idea of what a yeah. hyper-functional domestic situation looks like. Right. Which is extremely white-centric and paternalistic which is also very like hard to ignore in this scene like the the wife lives to serve the dad energy in this which i just don't buy as being like a thing that a doctor in the 24th century would program it's so you know? interesting how little scrutiny that receives by anyone because yeah. there are hundreds of years past that at this moment <laughs> in time and this is a choice that nonsense is centuries behind us it's like children of the corn crossed with the brady bunch here Cross the Stepford Wives, maybe. <laughs> Charlene, the wife, has this very affected speech that I thought was a really interesting choice. Wendy Shaw is like a voice actor. Uh-huh. So, like, you could kind of hear her voice acting quality in all of the scenes she's in. Like, she, she adds a little bit extra right. into her spin on the dialogue. A little more mustard on it. Yeah. 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 When we come back from the title sequence, uh, the Voyager is in a part of space where they've been on long-range comms with a species called the Vostigy, and uh, they're expecting to be pulling up at a, a Vostigy space station. 
presently, but when they arrive, they find that it has disappeared. I mean, they pull up to the station, all right. It just happens yeah. to be in pieces. Yeah. It looks like a pre-assembly version. Pieces uh, that contain boronite. Don't tell species 10C. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are in a I lot mean, of danger. They don't even know it. No wonder this space station got trashed. The, the 10C probably just came for it, right? Yeah, I mean, and kind of a lot of people died on this station. It blew up recently, and f- yeah. and 60 Vasta guys died. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mispronouncing it. Fuck. I watched this episode yesterday. I already forgot what the species we never meet is called. Oh, it's it's crucial that we have that information going forward. Vasta guy. Wow. I'm looking at I'm looking at it on subtitles and the spelling is very different from what I put down in my notes. I think that's where I went wrong. Yeah. It's fine. Kim picks up some particles. And uh, it isn't just like pieces of the Vasta guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's particles suggesting a wake, a wake from a ship that might be fleeing. So they decide to run it down. Yeah, got to figure out who did this. Did your mind go to Borgs? Because my mind went to Borgs. I thought that this might be a run-in that we were about to have have happen. My mind didn't go there because the B story was so anachronistic to something serious and threatening. I was like, they wouldn't dare. They wouldn't <laughs> dare tie this B story into a Borg's A story. So, I, I mean, I would have been the most surprised if that's where it went. All right. You're smarter than I am. I'm already halfway through my bottle. and Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I wanted to say the reason why is the hollowed out coconut is a great vessel for power drinking. It's got a, a large volume. Yeah. It it uh it pours into the hurl very quickly. <laughs> I'm and, drinking and, I'm just and like the refills, like you can you could pour three quarters of a bottle into this wow. giant coconut. So you've already done done two coconuts to the mm-hmm. dome? Well, I mean this is my this is my second coconut and I'm wow. looking at the bottle and so I, I was inaccurate with my with my measurement, obviously. I measured from the desk. We'll we'll continue to get more and more inaccurate as we go along today. My drinking vessel is a regular champagne coupe. Uh, yeah. My wife bought a set of them recently uh, to pour a champagne tower for her aunt and uncle who celebrated their 50th wedding Whoa. anniversary with us. How many towers do you... <laughs> this is my second <laughs> coconut. How many glasses do you need to make a tower? Uh oh, let's see. I think that there were I think there's 12 in the set maybe. It's like it's like a it's like three triangles. So there's like a yeah. triangle with uh I guess uh six and then there's a triangle with four. <laughs> I don't remember how it went. There's a bunch of them though. There's who, quite a few who glasses. Who set it up? Did she set it up? Uh she set it up and she poured it and uh I was Did it work? I was real I was real nervous that it was going to go everywhere and it totally didn't. It seems like the thing you want to do outside. When with the number of glasses, I think it was 12, uh, takes more than a bottle of champagne. Oh. So if you go down this path, fair listener, get the set of champagne tower glasses, but also get a, one of the big bottles of champagne. You know, what do they call it? A magnum? Get a magnum. Oh, yeah. I recently got a couple of big bottles of wine, just betting that something good and big was going to happen. 
that's 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 uh, Adam's version of the secret. <laughs> yeah, my secret's very booze related. <laughs> hey, let's hope this Max Fun Drive necessitates the opening of your big wine. I mean, I want to be clear. It's definitely not like Nebuchadnezzar. It's like whatever, whatever double the bottle of wine is in one bottle. Like, uh, yeah, what is that yeah. even? I think Two that's liters? a Magnum, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a Magnum. Yeah. I don't know where it goes after that. Yeah. But I want to find out. Did you know that the doctor goes in for checkups sometimes, Adams? I think that's important. With all the tinkering you've been doing with your program lately, I'd feel better giving you these little tune-ups on a regular basis. Like, the doctor can't heal thyself. He's, he's got to have BLT do it. And BLT, rocking a new look, hair-wise. She's, uh, she's uh, brought a braid into the, into the <laughs> equation. Is I this like supposed it. to distract us from Kess's new hair, too? It's like everyone has new hair. Except People are the really doc. starting to experiment. I wonder if maybe like Chicote announced on Shipwide Channel. Members of Voyager crew, given our distance from Alpha Quadrant and Federation space, the captain and I have decided that hair and uniform code will be subtly relaxed going forward. Do as you will. Hey, uh, BLT, braid does not equal talent for talent show. <laughs> I liked I liked the look of the braid though. While they're wrapping up, I mean, I I, I know that you do this every time you see your uh, general practitioner. You invite them to to have dinner with your family. <laughs> you know, now that you know just about all there is to know about me, why don't we just uh, black out the bingo here and yeah. have you really know everything about me? No. Now that you've put your finger up the hole that my testicle descended and had me turn my head and cough. Now that you've seen that hole, why don't you come home? (laughs) Uh, I mean, Charlene, she can cook her ass off, so BLT would be loath to turn this down. And so the next scene is the extremely weird dinner uh, at the extremely weird uh, family home that Dr. Kenneth has made for himself. He's ditched Schmollis and now he's going by Kenneth. Yeah, I mean, this is the big reveal, right? That's it? Kenneth. <laughs> he's considered so many names. He, he, he thought he dabbled with uh, Van Gogh and other uh, notable artists from history. He arrived at Kenneth. I've got to get that platinum. Put your platinum where your mouth is. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product 
with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I've got to get that. I love the physical acting that Roxanne Dawson does in this scene. Like everyone... Everyone at the dinner party is kind of engaged physically, except for her, who is recoiling from the table. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. It's she does not really have a poker face for this is gross and weird. The actor who plays Charlene is really a Bill Tilly all star because she's been an Airwolf, A Team, and MacGyver. Wow! Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real triple threat to Bill Tilly, the card daddy. That's the kind of shit that gets you onto a hollow card right yeah. there. <laughs> She's also like a main voice character in American Dad. And oh, wow. I, look, I looked this up over under 15 seasons. How many seasons do you think American Dad has been on TV? Ooh, okay. American Dad, has it been more than 15 seasons? I mean, just that you're asking the question makes me think it's over. <laughs> Oh, buddy, it's way over. 
19 yeah. seasons, 328 episodes of American Dad. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. That's, uh, I mean, it's fewer episodes than there are of The Greatest Generation. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, but she's a main character on that show. Which, wow, does she play the mom? Yeah, she does. But like you can hear you can hear that. You can hear that quality in her. I took a course in continental cuisine so I could replicate interesting meals for Kenneth. Yeah, TV mom is she's not playing a real mom, she's playing a TV mom and that's what's creeping BLT out. Exactly. BLT finally freezes the program out of frustration, which is like a move at a dinner party I wish I wish I could do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's no good at middling, Adam. That's the problem. She's She's been seated at the wrong part of the table. You're the point guard there. You're distributing the ball. You think she needs uh, a better middle? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that what's yeah. happening here? This is bad party throwing. Not Nothing BLT did. Yeah. It's just that she's no good at middling. That was one of the best parts of the most recent season of Curb was that concept. Yeah, that was fucking incredible. BLT really emphasizes this point for the doc. Who should know this by now? Families are messy. And what you've <laughs> created here is like a clean room family. This is gross. This isn't how families work. Yeah. And then BLT offers to tweak the program for him. And the doc is like, that sounds great. She's going to uh, sprinkle some some realism into his design for a program. But in the meantime... She does not like, and she is leaving. You're not going to learn anything from being with these lollipops. I've never liked BLT more than this. This is a great move. Hey, did you remember there was an A story of some seriousness? Uh, loosely. Why yeah. don't we go back up to the bridge and see what's going on with them, Adam? So there is a subspace disruption happening, and I don't, I'm really worried about where BLT is at this exact moment, to be honest. Yeah. Because <laughs> you want her involved, I think. Up on the bridge, they are like chasing space buttholes and they catch a really angry one and they like radio down to engineering and BLT is there. Yeah. they. I love how you only hear her and you don't see her. And just like, huh? Okay. So either this is later or she just like went directly to engineering after dinner. I wonder how much of this is just not having coverage. Like you don't know until the edit where your coverage is lacking. I think that you can make time pass by cutting to an exterior of the ship though. Oh yeah. You really and can. And they didn't do that. I like to do that in any argument uh, at home. <laughs> like You, you if, cut to the exterior. If I'm losing the argument, I just want to cut to the exterior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that has not gone well traditionally in my relationship. <laughs> it doesn't funny. work. Uh, it works so much better on TV than it does in real life. Every time I try to cut to the exterior in my relationship, I unintentionally cut to the wide shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> be careful out there yeah this uh this thing is really dropping bangers on the ship i mean it's some kind of i don't know you think it's some kind of dark matter anomaly something that somebody would use to collect boronite maybe birds have died what does this thing want what does this thing want dma i'm getting hammered pretty fast wow feels how many- good 
How many coconuts have you taken to the dome at this point? I mean, I'm not I'm not draining them all the way and I'm not filling them all the way, so it's it's uh hard to tell. Hard, hard to keep track. Yeah. But it's getting colder, which is good. Your your water in the ice bucket proposal was a good one. It makes a big difference. Yeah. So, a big banger that drops on the ship, but uh when the shaking stops, it's uh not a you know, they're not like completely torn up or anything. And they start to do some science on what this thing was. And it was very energy dense, in fact. There's right. uh, maybe some uh, case to be made for getting getting a load of these eddies a little closer. Harnessing what makes these eddies do what they do. I think here's the moment where Chakotay's preoccup- preoccupation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene where I noticed that Chakotay was really preoccupied with the idea of replicator rations. <laughs> yeah. And it carries through through the entire episode. Because <laughs> Janeway's like, I think we could hook some jumper cables up to this thing and get some valuable energy. There's coffee in that phenomenon none of us has ever heard of before, much less experienced on a purely scientific level. I think we owe it to ourselves to investigate. And Jacote is like, cool, because I'm all out of replicator rations and I am really craving lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. If they can anticipate the next one, they might be able to scoop some of this stuff up. So that's a pretty exciting idea. This thing is clearly dangerous. It seems like it came close to destroying them, but lasagna seems worth it. They are out here for a long time. They got to get that energy at them. Also, like, have you ever had a really good corner piece of lasagna? God damn. Fucking worth it. God, that's good. Hey, And listen, when you're building it on the molecular level, you can make it, like, corner piece all the way around. I realized we were alike in a very specific way not long ago when you mentioned that you were at an Airbnb with your lovely wife and you made a lasagna. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this at the time. (laughs) <laughs> lasagna at Airbnb is like, it's such a great move. You oh, do it, that it, on night one, you're slaps. feeding yourself the entire trip. It's so good. Hot or cold. I might have a little lasagna cut up on my salad for lunch today. <laughs> God, it's the best. Yeah, it's a good it's a good move. Listen, if you learned anything from the greatest generation t- today, you learned put a little water in your ice bucket, yeah. and you learned make some lasagna when you check into your Airbnb. Lasagna night one. Mm-hmm. It works for VRBO also. Yeah. In either case. Doc Schmollis, Adam. Do you remember that there's this B story going? Oh. It took me a... Like, we edited out the gap where I was just trying to find myself in the show. Yeah. There uh-huh. is a B yeah. story, and it's in Six Bay. Yeah, the doc explains to Cass, like, yeah, so after the other night's disastrous dinner, BLT helped out, and uh, this is now one of those, like, open-ended games that, you know, you can't possibly win. It's like the no man's sky of having a family, (laughs) where there are little, like, storylines that you can find your way into, but, you know, some of the fun is just, uh, hey, like, you can kind of do whatever you want in this environment. Hey, doc. Are you ready for puberty and a realistic (laughs) wife? Buckle up. (laughs) And the doc walks into this ball kicking machine like he doesn't know it's there. It's like that, uh, 
you know when you see footage of uh, of camp at a football team and there's like there's like a tunnel of pipes that you have to run through and the pipes are just hitting you yeah this is the equivalent of that but all the pipes are just aimed at your junk (laughs) it's like a a subway turnstile that is like 30 feet long and it's just (laughs) in many ways it is the 80s tv family stereotype counterpoint to the 50s tv stereotype yeah, and in that way, it is also kind of ugly in its own way. Yeah, like the wife is like is like a frazzled career woman who is like off to you know do something, so she can't cook dinner tonight, and it's his night to cook. What what a great indignity for a man to suffer. Yeah, but she's got to speak at the Bolian Embassy, Adam. But the Bolian Embassy isn't going to speak it itself. <laughs> I'm doing a haircut demonstration at the Bullion Embassy. <laughs> Can't be late for that. Have you seen a Bullion? They don't know. They don't know from hair. How do you think they get all those jobs? This fucking music from Jeffrey's room is deafening. And then they finally yeah. reveal Jeffrey. And he's a fucking Klemo, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Klingon yeah. emo. He's hanging out with undesirable kids from the neighborhood. This um, reveal of those kids is yeah. the best part of this episode, I think. <laughs> it's very funny. Because the door opens and Larg and Koth Koth <laughs> introduce themselves. <laughs> and they are cool as hell. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, they are cool. I can't imagine a uh, a parent not wanting their kid to hang out with some cools like this. Oh, man. I mean, it's not just that. Belle is just screaming her little ass off at the dock about some fucking mallet she's missing. I don't understand the mallet thing at all, other than she's missing, and it's very upsetting. This scene is very effective, like the combination of the dissonant Klingon music and the screaming kids and the things pulling him in a million different directions. It felt like this scene lasted for um, 18 years. Larkin Kokoth are why I always hung out at other people's houses, like at my friends. And I really had friends over to mine. Yeah, you didn't want your parents asking questions. We played with knives over at uh, my friend's house. (laughs) Coffee. Make it it yourself. Back in the mess hall, an equally disturbing scene unfolds where Paris is complaining about the casserole streak they're on. I like a food streak. I am, let me just say this, like I'm in a household of two and some meals you need to make large format. Like that's just how it is. Like lasagna being a great example. Exactly. And, and what happens when you make a large format dinner, you have the leftovers, but let me tell you something, Ben, my wife hates leftovers. I don't want her to hear this. She doesn't like leftovers of any kind. My wife is exactly the same. She cannot be persuaded to eat leftovers. What the I fuck? eat 100% of them. I also eat 100% of the leftovers. Are we going to destroy the ship by whispering this much? I worried right now for the <laughs> ship's sake. I, yeah, I had to train myself to enjoy a chicken breast cut up on a Caesar salad because if I roast a chicken, yep. I'll have a thigh and a drum. My wife will have the breast. And then we have a thigh and a drum and a breast left over. And so 
the only way to get through that is if I get through it. Yep. And it's like, I guess I'll have a chicken Caesar with white meat chicken on it because- I am eating insane meals for lunch <laughs> the day after I make large format. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. We live we live a very similar lifestyle in that respect. So Paris is complaining about the three meals in a row of casserole. And when I see him, I'm like, yeah, like that's me. Like I'm having the casserole three meals in a row because I have to. Yeah. Neelix is cooking for like 150 though. Like he should be yeah. able to like nail the casserole math a little bit better. Paris is fucked out of his replicator rations in a way that Chakotay has kind of revealed he is as well. How are they doing this? I would like a C story where we figure out like where these replica, <laughs> where these replica. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just what gonna you're trying to say. This. What, what you're trying to say, Adam, is where the replicator rations are. And yes, like we had the one where they were like they were gambling with their replicator rations. People lost them. I would like to know how many rations you get and like what the like. Is it just you can replicate one thing? Can you replicate like only tea Earl Grey hot or could you say I want a buff bourguignon with a Malbec to go with it? This is a great question. Like, could I just get a, a single pa- patty hamburger for one replicator ration? And then if I want a second patty, it's two. Like, yeah. what is the what's the exchange rate on the rations? Yeah. How do you and, and yeah, like and would like a, a, a thick cut ribeye steak cost more rations than a burger. I want to know all of this. Why doesn't Star Trek know what is interesting? (laughs) I want to know that. Paris gets a fucking ladle of the slop on his tray. Like he's in prison. He really gets shit on a shingle in this (laughs) this scene. And then uh, he sees BLT sitting alone. And so he goes and and sits with her and, and grabs her Kindle. He I don't know, man. I don't think you can just grab someone's Kindle like he does yeah. and sees that she's reading a Klingon romance novel. A Kabatis ripper, if you will. God, that's so perfect. <laughs> a more perfect word has never been said on this show. <laughs> Paris yeah. is in full seduction mode here, and I was a little bit shocked at how game she was until I remembered that that was sort of where we left things with BLT in Paris. Like she's game because she said she'd be game. She is actively interested. And now they are like doing the dance with each other. Like she, she, she's kicking game to him just as much as he is to her. He wants to grab that fucking braid. Yeah. The braid, which appears and disappears scene to scene in a way that really doesn't make sense to me. I thought I, I thought at first like it was a it was a professional braid and a casual braid like <laughs> at different times but there is no sense. No braid continuity. Yeah. I heard she kind of lost interest in Paris when she found out he didn't have replicator rations though, which is like, <laughs> ah, come on. Like love him for who he is, not how much rations he has, you know? Is that a lot? Do you think you would be a ration hoarder? Or a ration spender, just generally. Like, I'll, I'll say this: like, as a as a degenerate gambler that I am, uh-huh. I feel like I'd spend those <laughs> I'd spend those fucking rations as fast as I could. I'd get something yeah. crazy. I'd get like a a three tiered German chocolate cake. 
on day one, like first of the month when I get those rations, I'm going to be out of them by the third day. Right. You're in the money until you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just like, gotta, I, I got to tighten my ration belt a little bit. Got to eat shit on a shingle. Look, I know you guys don't understand party sub as, <laughs> as what to use rations for, but I got sub for the rest of the month. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun to take that out of the replicator, too, because you just kind of have to, like, hold the end of it and walk back slowly as it replicates. <laughs> you get that Dutch crunch yeah. on, that, on that bread. Holy shit. Hey, Harry, can you come grab the middle of my sandwich as I continue to pull it from the replicator? You know what would be dip. great is, like, if you keep feeding rations into the machine... Until you run out, and then you just keep pulling the party sub out. <laughs> You've got sub like yeah. going down the length of the hallway. <laughs> like the replicator only makes heel when you're out of rations. <laughs> that would be that would be a great episode. Just like a a totally light episode of Star Trek Voyager where everybody's like getting in on it. Like, yeah, add your rations. We're making the biggest sub. You They're know, not going to believe it when we get back to the A quad. You know how to shoot this too. You set up the camera from POV inside the replicator, <laughs> and you just like have it fed through. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pitch this as a comic to IDW? Get this JK is a Woodward Lower Decks episode. Like there they could absolutely do this. I wish I still. I, I wish my buddy was still in that writers' room. I gotta. I gotta finish my spec for Lower Decks, which is very Kevin centric, and almost no sandwich is in it. But I think what I could do for a B story is work on the replicator thing. There you go. Sandwich B story. Kevin A story. Get ready, Mike McMahon. <laughs> Get ready to receive something on your doorstep that you immediately throw away. I cannot re read unsolicited material. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As you shouldn't. There are three things to remember about being a Starship captain. Keep your shirt tucked in. Go down with the ship and do it. Do it. So as they're having this conversation, the... Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Everything okay I got a foam over. I got a foam over. <laughs> we have now killed the champagne in the uh, wow, in the coconut. Oh my god! Mackerel. Champagne drips are on my uh, on my wrist rest. I really feel like the drunkasode shoe is on the other foot today, Adam. Because I'm I'm like a you know what little I don't over like? halfway into my bottle here. You know what I really don't like? The thing that hurts me the most. Mm. other people's disappointment in me. Mm. And I could hear how disappointed you were for a number of episodes. When we didn't when you didn't do the Coco No No. Yeah. Yeah, that's so what now, I'm saying. So now you're 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 I've overcorrected is what is what I've done. I what just, are you gonna do I mean you're out of wine, right? So what are you gonna do when that when you empty that coconut? I don't know. We'll see. As Paris and BLT are having this conversation, a banger drops and they can actually see the Eddie out the window that is causing this banger. So uh, Paris rushes up to the bridge and they're trying to get in close. They, they would like to collect this energy. Am I making any sense here? They shoot a probe or maybe a bois into the uh, <laughs> anomaly. Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning buoys. An emergency buoy. A warning boy. Chakotay cannot let go of the idea of gathering its energy, though. 
Yeah. Like, I know this is dangerous and the ship is getting the rumblies, but uh, I mean, all I'm seeing out on the view screen is nachos and the potential for nachos or yeah, or a lasagna or a party sub. Right. Is lasagna a good word? Like as a as a drunk test? Like I feel like if it's a shibboleth it, for how drunk you are. <laughs> I feel like if I were ever pulled over and like that, like that's the that's the test that they should administer. <laughs> Sir, I don't need you to step out of the car. I just need you to tell me about the baked Italian dish with the <laughs> layers of pasta and the sauce. Can you just tell me what that's called? Lasagna pizza sauce. Lasagna sauce. <laughs> Sir, I'm sorry. The Eddie eventually dissipates and the probe is gone. Along with BLT's hair braid. Yeah. Did the bangs the rock the braid out of her hair? This is a question I had because we don't get the establishing shot of BLT before the bangers, but afterward, that braid is not there. If this was Discovery, she would have like flash beamed from the mess hall right up to the bridge, and she wouldn't have had time to take the braid out. But this is a Voyager. She would have had to walk down a hall, get in a turbo lift, take a ride up to the bridge. I think she had time to undo the braid and comb her hair out. I mean, we know that there's a finite amount of torpedoes here, but I would argue that there's just as finite an amount of probes. And when this thing blinks away and takes the probe with it, the frustration is apparent with everyone. But they're like, so maybe we could modify the Bassard collectors to gather plasma particles from these things, except for we're like pretty far away from these things and... We're getting really serious bangers dropped on us, and the amount of energy that's being used by the ship could corrupt those plasma particles if we try and take the entire ship in there. It's going to screw up your lasagna. But maybe we could take a shuttle in there. Yeah. Hey, guess who's a great shuttle pilot who has not so recently fucked up a shuttle mission? (laughs) Hey, Paris, try to fly the warp speed limit this time. Okay, buddy? Yeah. He volunteers. BLT is like, but you'll be irradiating yourself. You realize that? And he's like, I don't need these sperm for anything. (laughs) Yeah, in Six Bay, he goes to inoculate himself against the radiation. And uh, the doc is like, you're just like my fucking kids. (laughs) (laughs) He completely goes off on what Paris must have been like as a kid. I can only imagine what you must have put your parents through. Paris is like, well, I did get in a lot of trouble in uh, the academy. (laughs) And also I was thrown in prison. So unless your kids have gone there. Yeah. Maybe they're not as far down the the path of bad decisions as I was. Look, Doc, your kids haven't been hanging around with Klingons, have they? Klingon teenagers, specifically? I've been cl- hanging out with half Klingon adults, and uh, it can get a little hectic. Yeah. <laughs> the doc goes back home and calls a family meeting where he suggests a, a new scheduling system for the family. This is an atrocity of a moment. This is like... <laughs> Did you ever have family meetings when you were a kid? No, but like the the idea of impressing upon a group, the idea of structure... I mean, yeah. that's Uxbridge Shimoda all the way. It's like, this is this is us deciding we needed to use a calendar for things. Right. And then Wendy going, you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. You need a spreadsheet and a calendar. 
the first week that Wendy was uh, was here at the corporation, she basically spent the entire week unfucking our calendar and yeah. building a production schedule. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. Yeah. It, like, it's like she's herding cats and we're the cats. It was a family meeting that I was happy to be a part of. Yeah. Everyone is there except Jeffrey, who slept way in, and that's just a... Uh, that's a warning sign for any teen. You can't have a teen mm-hmm. sleep in, clearly. And while the doctor <laughs> is presenting his new rules and schedules to everyone, it's made pretty clear that he's not sacrificing anything on his end. And the whole no Klingon friends rule is really racist. If you could only hear yourselves. Yeah, it's fucked up. I don't know why Kenneth has to treat Charlene like she's a second-class citizen also. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Like when he like makes her stand up and and like undermines her in front of their children. Charlene has that vibe where she goes to work and then like after work has some drinks she doesn't tell her husband about and like sort of takes out the <laughs> clip in her hair and shakes it out. And like you can tell she's a lot of fun. Yeah. And she's just not permitted to fly like the bird that she is. Her light is being hidden under the Kenneth bushel. Yeah. You fucked up, Doc Dad. You fucked up big time. Yeah. But Belle is there to kind of redeem him. This was such a strange scene because the doc is just getting clobbered in the nuts, like from all directions. And Deservedly as, so. Yeah. And as soon as everyone leaves, Belle is like, you're the best dad ever. I love <laughs> I you. I know you're trying. Except for except for her participation in Parisi Squares, a sport we know to be extremely dangerous. From yeah. reputation alone. Right. Makes me think that maybe he isn't such a great parent. Doc Dad's just happy to get any affection from anywhere at this point. Seriously. Back in the A storyline, Tom, meet Eddie. <laughs> Tom Paris flying his shuttlecraft into one of these spatial eddies. And he's going to head for that particle wave, collect some of those sweet, sweet energies. He's starting to get space sick because he thinks French toast was not a good start to his day. Did Neelix make that or did he like come into some replicator rations? That's what I'm saying. Like French toast sounds amazing compared to the fucking slop that was put on a shingle earlier. Yeah. Do you think the reason he volunteered for the mission was because when you volunteer for missions like this, you get a good last meal, quote unquote? <laughs> I wonder if that's how you do You get hazard pay in the form of extra rations? I love this idea. Like, if I've spent all of my replicated rations at the beginning of the month, I'm volunteering for all of the worst missions. (laughs) French toast, man. But the thing about French toast is that it burns super fast, and you're going to be hungry by 10 a.m. It's filling in a a quick way. Like, you start consuming it, and you're full quickly, and and then you're hungry again quickly. I like my alternate French toast. Like, have you ever made banana bread French toast? Holy shit. It's so good. Wow. Like, you can make, you can French toast almost anything bread related. That's what I'm going <laughs> to We have some uh, lemon banana cake in the fridge. Should I try to French toast that? You can French toast cake, Ben. And I want <laughs> you to try it. It's good. Wow. Anything Amazing. of a bread-like structure you can French toast. So let's just go over what we've learned today on the show. You can cool a bottle of wine more quickly if you put some water in the ice bucket. 
it foams up if you pour sparkling wine into a coconut. Every time. Every time. Make lasagna the first night when you check into your vacation rental. Yes. And then the next morning, make French toast out of that lasagna. <laughs> Boy, here's what I'm going to say. Hmm. I don't think that'd be bad. You cut a, no, you cut a dense slice of lasagna and you, and you egg it up, like you flour yeah. and egg it. That's going to be good. Nutmeg that's sort is of like good in Tamba. a cheesy pasta thing. You that's know? like a, that's like the big night meal. That's like timpano. <laughs> you flour and egg it. No, no, save this one for Louis Prima. That's the only timpano I'm ever gonna make. Paris is going into this eddy, and uh, it's not looking great. They want to beam him out because he's lost control of the shuttle. But the bangers have been bad enough that transporters are offline and they can't get him. And he goes in and he like disappears. But then they're sort of able to hear that there's like something on the radio. Calibrate to a theta band frequency. And, uh, Maybe that'll help. Ensign Kim is able to clean it up. And Can you hear me now? Ensign Kim is able to clean it up. And they are actually talking to Tom Paris, like beyond, <laughs> beyond the grave almost. Tom, are you some kind of... Lizard person. <laughs> Paris is like, no, I kept it under the speed limit. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. BLT takes the yellow ribbon out of her braid, like very conspicuously. <laughs> also, <laughs> It looks like he's in the not so bad lands, that's you know? Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. I like it. It's I mean, beautiful. It's, it's Why cute. would you ever want to leave? You don't yeah. need replicator rations in there. They should have sent a poet. Hey, is a is a workaround to the replicator ration thing the shuttle mission? Because the shuttle has a replicator inside. It does, and it's got its own power source. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if that's what Paris is onto. He comes back, and they're like, "Did you replicate like hundreds of meals while you were gone, dude? <laughs> Where are they, Paris? You look like I know you were gone for like two days, but you are a fucking thick king right now." <laughs> We have no choice but to stand our thick king. <laughs> XL Paris is like, I would love that for the entire series. Like from here on out. <laughs> He's got a great big birdie. <laughs> In Six Bay, the dock is... Uh, we're going two hours samples. tonight, aren't we? Yeah, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever catches this edit, and I think that that's actually me. Wow. <laughs> In the six bay, the DAC is uh, centrifuging some samples and just just doing like the silent face acting of a very frustrated father. <laughs> and uh, Kess walks in in her cat suit and is like, hey, what's eating you, Kenneth? And he's like, please, please, don't call me that. That is my hollow name. <laughs> that is for there. Yeah. The it's like thing, calling me my screen name in real life. It's just weird, you know? When Kess steps in to work with the centrifuge, I got so scared. Because yeah. we've had a lifetime of on-screen experience 
watching centrifuges explode on doctors. Everybody can remember where they were when <laughs> the guy broke his glove in outbreak because he reached into the centrifuge. Yeah. Yeah, that was my 9-11. <laughs> it was my Vietnam, you know, like fucking A. I never came home from that movie. <laughs> Part of my soul is still at the Regal Issaquah 9 mm -hmm. movie theater. Yeah, yeah. Mine's at the uh, United Artists Emeryville 10. Yeah. I found that to get through Outbreak, you have to become Outbreak. <laughs> Apparently they all gathered at a movie theater. The doc uh, kind of confesses to Kess that he has not become fam. You know, in order to get through family, you have to become family, and he has not become family. Yeah. Kess is like, you're a real family man, right? And the doctor's like, I'm not a family man. I'm avoiding them by staying at work late. Kess is like, you should go home. <laughs> you should go home to that hollow family and yeah. not leave them hanging. You can't just throw yourself into work and ignore the problem and hope it'll go away. Extremely long crickets <laughs> section here. <laughs> As you and I sit in our offices at 5.30 p.m. <laughs> him going home has the effect of him walking into the simulation early. And yeah. uh, Jeffrey is uh, is there with his bad friends who... Adam, brought a knife. They're not that bad. I they're mean, they just... seem cool. But no son of mine is going to be a warrior. Wow. Wow, Ben. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Largan Kokath. Largan Kakath. <laughs> we don't know enough about them to judge them. But we do know that the doc hates that they're hanging out with Jeffrey. Am I interrupting something? And yeah. nothing makes a hang cooler than a dad who wants to chill. And what's going on here seems pretty pervy, doesn't it? So the doc sits in front of the giant fireplace and he's like, what's up, fellow teenagers? Yeah. Is that a dick tag knife? Yeah. It's a confusing knife because they say it's a certain knife. Dick tag knife is an important part of our culture. And the doc knows. It's a different kind of knife of what they say. They've lied. And I believe this is actually a dagger of cutlutch. This is not a Klingon bar mitzvah knife. No, it's Klingon gang initiation knife. Which, uh, <laughs> I love that there's two kinds of knives for that. Yeah. <laughs> Klingon cult <knife. laughs> Do you think there's a drawer in Bolana's room that has all the different types of knives? Or is she non-observant? I would love that. I want to see all the knives. All the knives all at once. I mean, some people that aren't observant still have all the stuff, you know? Sure. Yeah. The doc has an after-school special moment with his son after kicking out the Klingons. He's like, look, man, I know what that knife was for. It's for, like, doing a gang initiation, man. <laughs> you can't be doing that. You're my son, Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is like... Fuck you, Dad. You're talking to me like I'm a human, but I want you to address me like a Klingon because that's how I identify. And he goes so far as to call his own dad a patak. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking rough. And then, like, on social media, Jeffrey just spends a day being <laughs> the main character because it's like, wow, Jeffrey, you just think you can appropriate somebody else's culture and... Use their slurs against your own father, and people are just going to be cool with that? I. You just can't throw Patak around on Twitter 
Yeah. Like, even if it's a bit, it <laughs> is not, not good. Does not work. But this all gets like kind of uh, pushed into the deep rear view very suddenly when yeah. Charlene calls up with some bad news about Belle yeah. uh, and her big Parisi Squares tournament. She caught one in Parisi Squares and bonked her noggin and uh, she is in the hospital. A bunch has been made this episode of Belle sort of fighting above her weight class in Parisi Squares. Yeah. She's good enough to be on, on, on the A-team, right? I just think it's messed up that Kyle Riker was the one that that did, like, like she's playing Parisi Squares up to, like, the seniors level. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle Riker just fucking destroyed her. You could never get used to the sightless factor. Or to losing. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. He plays all the games, that Kyle yeah. Riker. He's a man who really has a lot of violence that he needs to get out through constructive sporting <laughs> opportunities. In the hospital, uh, the doc that we know has been teaming up with Dr. Finley, a doctor we don't meet, yeah. to play whack a hemorrhage Yeah, with the daughter. And it's a game they can't win. His hands... We're moving faster than I could see, trying to stay ahead of each breakdown. I mean, and we've seen this moment from the doc before in the Coda episode. The doc just fills the room with poison gas and <laughs> euthanizes his daughter because that's all he knows. Yeah. That's how you solve a problem when you're a holographic doctor. She is not expected to recover, and he has to explain this to Charlene, who is not in the uh, not in the bargaining or the acceptance phase of grief. Neither she, am she I. Is... Where are you in your bottle, Ben? Oh, fuck, man. Uh, I'm done. You're done? Yeah. I've got at least two coops left, and I just filled a coop up. So I guess, I guess three by that count. That's cool as hell. You're doing great. It's not a competition. It's not? No. No, we're good. I th- fuck, I thought it was a competition that I was losing. I do really feel some certainty... About the coconut being the the perfect vessel for champagne. <laughs> I never would have guessed that before this episode. If you had suggested it to me before this episode, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. Well, Adam, if you want this to really count for your Coco No-No, I think you probably need to get a splash of rum in that coconut to finish the episode out. Dude, you have no idea what's waiting for me upstairs if I did that. <laughs> if you just like wobble up there and like pour rum into a coconut and then wobble back down <laughs> like, you know what here's what you're proposing i mm. need to have an office bottle i need to have a studio bottle ben and i don't you need to have one of these god damn it and for have- the viewers at home you just you wobbled a bottle into frame of what? What was that? That was a, um, a cachaca that I keep in here. I also have a bequeesh. You're such mezcal. a fucking nerd. Yeah, and I have yeah, like the uh, like Mad Men would never show Don Draper opening up a desk drawer and it's fucking cachaca. <laughs> and I have some Dos Artes tequila. Oh yeah, you've got the dessert tequila. I've got three office bottles. Hey, you know what? You do need to go upstairs and get. I need the office bottle. You need to get a you need to get an office bottle and you need to get an office broad, my friend. Oh fuck. I have an unopened packet of broad right here. I'm gonna take it. 
Dude, office bottle is so crucial, and I don't understand why I don't have that. You gotta get it. Not for all the time. It's just for like if you're if you're pulling a late one, you want a little sip. I've worked so many fucking bullshit corporate jobs where that wasn't permitted, and I finally have a great job. Yeah. At home, and it'll give myself the office bottle. Hey, man, be the I, boss that I you wish you'd always had. I finally gave myself the office couch that, that yeah. you and the viewers at home can see behind me. I'm fucking smashed, man. The doc explains to his wife that uh, this is a pretty hopeless situation. She stamps out to go talk to the other doctor. She wants to get a second opinion. And then uh, Kenneth and Belle have a little conversation about what's going on with her. And boy, this is a tough scene, man. Like, the character of Belle is really interesting to me because she is so, like, cartoonishly, obnoxiously prim and cutesy at the beginning. It's a great magic trick this episode plays in in like introducing her that way and then killing her at the end in this way specifically. And yeah. and that like somehow they humanized her without you noticing in between yeah. those two moments. And yep. when he has to like muster the courage to tell her what is going to happen, it fucking it is so brutal, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It was like misty as hell watching this on like sitting in my office watching this on the computer screen. Yeah. Dabbing at my at the corner of my eyes. Yeah, the doc makes a great decision though. He's like, "All right, I'm done with this." <laughs> Instead it- of uh, rage quit, he despair quits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to gather all these herbs. <laughs> he just turns it off. <laughs> the next day in Six Bay, Cass asks him, "So, how's your cool video game going? Are you enjoying it?" And he said, "I'm. I. I won. I won. Family. Yeah, everything's fine. I saved out, and uh, I'm done with that game. I'm gonna start a new game. Maybe that's a family that you can meet next time." This is not a very satisfying answer to Cass, but the doc feels it would be a waste of time, and it is clear when she walks out that this is really affecting him. Like he is, yeah. he is really feeling shitty about the way that went down. Back on the bridge band, there is an A story. What? I know. Paris is caught in the folds between space and subspace. (laughs) 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 What I'm trying to say is, if space is a body, Uh, and that body has bent over to pick something up, Paris' shuttle is in the abdomen where it's all scrunched up. (laughs) Paris is also in the area that, that is able to most watch the astral babies being born. It's like being Eddie Malkovich in here. There's nothing but Eddies. Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. So he's going to try and get back out into normal space by going through one of these things. But sure. it's going to involve him getting a lot of bangers dropped on the shuttle and the Voyager getting a lot of bangers dropped on it. It's going to be bad. <laughs> Very bad, but also good. He's calling for Voyager to like pull back, like get out of here. Yeah. You're not going to want to be around for this because yeah. when I come out, you're going to be too close. And on the bridge, like we're completely confused by BLT's braid continuity at this point. Like 
No mm-hmm. sense is made of it. You know, it'll cut away from her and cut back and the braid will have disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll reappear in the next shot. This is what I was preoccupied with. Like, is this even real? The braid will tell us. <laughs> <laughs> is this just some Q fantasy? I think they really need to think about this, right? Because you introduce a new hairstyle into an episode. It makes you rethink what reality is, Ben. Wow. <laughs> right boy no wonder you don't like star trek discovery sonequa martin green changes hairstyles every season i love sonequa martin green and that is what i will say at some point paris gets knocked across the shuttlecraft and bangs his head against the wall smoke starts to fill the space up Uh, he's got blood running out of his nose Uh these bangers are really intense and they sort of beam him I guess they beam the whole shuttle aboard. Yeah, we do that thing where we see a big piece of space debris heading for the shuttle that Paris is in, and then we cut away before we see it impact. But he's fine. They beam him back aboard and the shuttle. They didn't lose the shuttle, which is great. They beam the shuttle aboard, and then they beam him from the shuttle to six bay. It's just a concussion. Those don't matter. I mean, like. There's like been sort of a long brewing CTE scandal in Starfleet, but uh, Starfleet has somehow kind you of know, avoided any accountability for that. You know, Tom Paris, we are going to assume that your concussion is fine, but until you die and we're able to slice your brain into little pieces, <laughs> we won't really know what the effects are. So we have brought Paris into Six Bay, and this brings the A story and the B story into the same room <laughs> and Paris you asks just sit there and you <laughs> listen Paris is like kind of catching it from the doctor again who's saying like oh you never think about like the consequences of your actions only what seems fun and cool with your Klingon friends and your knives you're just blasting away you're just shooting ropes and hollow people yeah you don't know what it's like to, what it's like to be a real parent like the doc is And Paris Paris is kind of taken aback from this. Yeah. He's like, hey, you remember a while ago when you made yourself have a disease just so you could see what that was like? Family's a lot like that. You don't get to pick what disease and how serious, and you don't get to pick what family and how serious. (laughs) Look, man. Tom Paris says, family is a disease, and I'm the cure. And then he, like, brings a shotgun up into frame and cocks it. (laughs) I guess we all learned a lesson today. Paris is like, look, the family's mostly going to feel bad. That's what it is. Like, if you you think you could just avoid it by turning off the holodeck or whatever, that's not going to do it. That's not going to give you the enrichment that you desire. Here's what goes unsaid this entire episode is what is the doc doing? What does the doc want? Does the doc want to be more of a human being the way Data did? Because if he does, like, that's how you get there. You get there by having a family that confounds you and is frustrating and dies. And that's what Paris is saying is like, look, man, you can bail out of this holodeck program and you're going to be fine. You're clearly going to be okay. But... If what you're after is like the full spectrum of human experience, you really need like every possible nut to be caved in from this experience. And that involves going back to the holodeck and ushering your daughter into the afterlife. It is so interesting that Paris as a character gets used like... Yeah, why is Paris this person? 
in this in this, but like he this happens with him occasionally where he like occasionally will drop a pearl of wisdom like this yeah and then like the entire rest of the time is just like lieutenant fuckboy <laughs> it's like amazing like that it works you know like he says it in a way that is like authentic to the character that they've built of and that character is Lieutenant Fuckboy. <laughs> Star Trek Voyager is so lucky to have a B Dunks here because he's got all the gears. He's yeah. got Lieutenant Fuckboy and he's got after school special and he's got everything in between. It's fucking wild. Yeah. The button on the episode is like bereaved family in the hospital saying goodbye to the daughter. Yeah. And the wayward son reconnecting with his father in the midst of family crisis. Carry on the wayward son. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be Klingon earrings when you are done. (laughs) Lay your weary head to rest. (laughs) There'll be Kutlach no more. Oh, God. What have we done here? What is this? So the doc's like, cool. I guess I have to go experience the worst thing ever. And he does. And this is legitimately affecting. The doc has wanted to avoid the hard thing, but Paris's encouragement makes this happen. So he goes back into the holodeck and he hangs out with his daughter, who is extremely fucked up. And I think if you're Belle, all you want is to not be alone. And Belle's dad is there. Yeah. And the doc and the rest of the family is in the room just there with her for the end of this life and whatever comes next. And it's a really like unusually good scene for an episode that is pretty scattershot. Like an episode that is often silly and and almost like antic in the way it depicts how like badly the doc calculated what the benefit of running family the simulation would be like i want to laugh at jeffrey when he walks in he's like hey dad i've got none of those klingon earrings anymore i'm like i'm not gonna be a punk i brought her baby blanket with me a thoughtful thing that a teenager maybe (laughs) wouldn't do you've got to give yourself over to this moment if the episode works And this was exactly the moment where the Paramount app starts spooling up the next episode. Did this happen to you? (laughs) This is the moment. Like, she's not even dead yet, and we get minimal screen with this episode. And Paramount Plus is like, hey, do you want to play the next episode during the most emotional moment of this one? And I, I was irate at this moment. I'm running my Voyager watching through the Apple TV app with Paramount as an add-on, and it did not do that to me. Let me tell you something. You play the Paramount Plus app in the browser, and you get what you get. And what I got was, hey, extremely heavy part of the episode. (laughs) Do you want to skip the credits so early that you miss the dinner (laughs) moo? God, the Paramount Plus app fucking sucks. <laughs> you were just determined to get us kicked off their list of people that get screeners in advance. I don't. 
I think if you're Paramount, you want an ombudsman. Let me be that. <laughs> I'm trying to help. We want the best for Star Trek, not the worst. Yeah, Jeffrey's got his plugs filled in his ears. RSVP Bell. Yeah. Did you like this episode, Adam? I thought it was pretty interesting how unintentionally this episode is kind of a demonstration for how the metaverse might work. Wow. Like, no one's saying it, but it's definitely there that, like, the doc got in too deep with the holodeck program the way that Ensign Kim did in just kind of a different way. And now he's having to deal with the consequences of it. I feel like you could do a whole season about shit like this. Like, what does it mean? Are your feelings real when the holodeck depictions of the characters aren't? What even means real? Like, I don't know. It's it's just very interesting how 20 years ago, this kind of moment could make you think about what it may be like in the not too distant future to like put on the goggles and get connected with someone who has been created instead of someone who is real. Like, that's what it made me think about. It's also interesting that like there isn't any sexual element to his relationship with Charlene. Like the woman that he has like created to be the life partner that like presumably his plan is just run this forever you know and have his virtual family that he goes to at night yeah but like it seems like he fixated on the like performative aspect of family like to the exclusion of the parts of family that are like intimate and and special and then like that like came around and kicked him in the in the ass. Yeah. In the end. But it's interesting that BLT is the one that coded that. Like, I feel like not enough is made of that in the episode. That, like, BLT coded some real shit into this program. It kind of betrays my choice of BLT as the Shimoda, which we'll get to later. But, like, yeah, absolutely. For her to just sort of go, like, here's what a real family is like. Peace out. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was a, a very fun episode. And uh, and not only that, but to tie that weird braid and for no <laughs> reference to be to it. Yeah. And then Jeffrey has a braid after that in the, whoa. And then Chakotay <laughs> is like, would it help me make lasagna if I also had a braid? Do you think that BLT just coded the modifications to the program to find out if the doc was secretly Klingon racist? <laughs> I mean, he definitely is. He That's fucking what we showed his ass if that was what her, her plan was. I mean, there have been multiple episodes this season where the doctor has betrayed that. Yeah. Not a good look. Also, he may be kind of a psycho in sure. addition. Not a very fun man to be raised by. No, he sucks. <laughs> well, Adam, do you want to see if we have anything in the P1 inbox? Oh, yeah. I already... Uh, Close that window. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Well, Adam, it doesn't matter that you closed that window because this was a Max Fun Drive episode. There are no P1s on yeah. this one. But if folks would like to get one for a future episode, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron and set it up today. 
if you love greatest gen put a ring on it and by ring i mean monthly support that's what keeps it going it really does yeah indeed if you don't want to sit next to greatest gen <laughs> as it dies <laughs> blind and in pain <laughs> support greatest gen yeah if you don't want greatest gen to call you daddy in its time of, of fear yeah <laughs> if you don't want to play whack a podcast and have greatest gen lose mm. support the greatest generation you know i'm really easy to get along with most of the time but i don't like bullets i don't like friends and i don't like you hey adam what's that ben did you find yourself a drunk shimoda drunk shimoda i referred to it earlier blt as the bomb thrower who isn't there to deal with the aftermath of the bomb throwing is crazy to me yeah she would love this do you think that something in her kabatis ripper worked its way into the changes she made to dr kenneth's holodeck program it's a great hypothesis <laughs> i took a big long break before pronouncing that there's not a lot of eros in the family unit that uh is being simulated here you know like it doesn't really seem like kenneth and charlene are like still keeping the spark alive or anything i don't want this to sound disparaging against any kenneth's or any Charlene's, of which we know both. Some of our best friends are Ken Kenneths and Charlene's. <laughs> but Ken but a Kenneth and Charlene combination just reflexively is like no. <laughs> hey, if if you're a, a Kenneth and Char if you're in a Kenneth and Charlene relationship, please know that that was not personally directed at you. It is directed at the representations of Kenneth's and Charlene's that we have access to in this episode. Blame the show. <laughs> My Shimoda is Belle. I feel, I feel like um, Belle is just having the most fun in this episode. Up until, the, with the exception of the end, with, with the exception of the fate that Belle reaps, Belle is like the emotional core of her family, but also like doing awesome, like random shit in her personal life. Like, I love a kid that has like weird random interests like this. <laughs> like nothing about the way Belle is styled or presented to us in the scenes that we have with her reads as like, I'm into a super violent sport. And I love that her character gets that despite that styling, you know? Yeah. I mean, Lindsay Hahn grew up to be uh, a pro. Like I'm just reading about her filmography. Oh, yeah. And she's uh, she's like a director. I think she's like way, way better ass than her brother. Yeah. Like, I feel like her brother's like Klingon shit is almost in response to how much harder his little sister is than he is. Yeah, it's really true. Well, Adam, our next episode is season three, episode 23, Distant Origin. An alien paleontologist discovers a common ancestral link between his people and humans? How many more episodes are we just going to be ignoring the Borgs? Not many. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really waiting for that fucking shoe to drop. You're about to hit a wall called Oops All Borgs. All right. <laughs> and this is the last 
the last stop before that exit? Maybe. All right. I don't want to make any promises I can't keep, but I remember Distant Origin very fondly. Oh. And I'm really looking forward to it. Our runabout is currently on square 36, which means we don't have anything ahead of us that we could hit to modify how we do the next episode. It's going to be a regular episode no matter what I roll, Adam. Wow. I can't believe it. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Believe it, baby. All right. I'm going to roll this bone. I did, and... I rolled a two. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. So I put us on square 38, staying on the fourth row with a game of buttholes. Mm-hmm. Will of the caretaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a, a regular old episode next week, as promised. I love it. Good. I don't think I could do uh, a champagne episode that often. Because I, I, fucking, I fucking hammered my bottle to done about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. You're struggling, man. I mean, this is going to be an editor's dream. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> this is going to be the last Windy Pretty episode. <laughs> she did not sign up for this. Speaking of Windy Pretty, we have to thank her for being the producer of all of the Uxbridge Shimoda podcasts. Including this one, we got to thank Bill Tilly for being the card daddy and running the social medias at Greatest Trek on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. We got to thank Adam Ragusia, who is our buddy that made our original theme music. He, uh, of course, based that off of the work of Dark Materia, who made the original Picard song. Adam Ragusia, a great YouTube chef out there showing you how to cook. And now a great podcast host. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be, I guess, uh, as long as they'll have us, semi-regular guests on that podcast. So keep your ears peeled for that. If you do not subscribe to the Adam Ragusea family of products, I don't know what your problem is. Yeah. Come on. We talked about a movie. You love hearing us talk about a movie. Yeah. A movie that was even referenced this very episode. Weirdly, right? (laughs) Yeah. What? If you're into hearing Ben and Adam talk about layered pasta dishes, go listen to that podcast. That's your jam. This this has been a Max Fun Drive episode. If you enjoy the show, I'm not sure why you do. We could use we could sure use your support. Maximumfun.org slash join. If you feel sorry about what's happened here, I know what you can do. <laughs> Throw some nickels into the pot. We really appreciate it. And we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of Greatest Generation Voyager where the hosts are just under some of the most ridiculous loaf you ever saw. I just wasn't even here for the credits, Ben. Thanks for taking us home. <laughs> I was gone. I was gone. Where, where were you, buddy? I was inside the coconut. Oh. Oh. The empty coconut. It was cute that you crawled into that little coconut. Yeah, I made myself a little home. That's where Mm. I live now.
<laughs> like a hermit crab that she yeah. uses a coconut as a brandy. <laughs> I shed my slurping bag and I crawled into a coconut. <laughs> I feel great. Oh, bud, this was so fun. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.